This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Bryant. Paradise Lost by John Milton, Book 8, Part 1. No more of talk where God or angel guest with man as with his friend, familiar used to sit indulgent, and with him partake rural repast, permitting him the while venial discourse unblamed. I now must change those notes to tragic. Foul distrust, and breach disloyal on the part of man, revolt and disobedience. On the part of heaven now alienated, distance and distaste, anger and just rebuke, and judgment given, that brought into this world a world of woe, sin and her shadow death, and misery, death's harbinger. Sad task, yet argument not less but more heroic than the wrath of stern Achilles on his foe pursued thrice fugitive about Troy wall, or rage of Turnus for Lavinia disespoused, or Neptune's ire, or Juno's, that so long perplexed the Greek and Cytherea's son. If answerable style I can obtain of my celestial patroness, who deigns her nightly visitation unimplored, and dictates to me slumbering, or inspires easy my unpremeditated verse. Since first this subject for heroic song pleased me, long choosing, and beginning late, not sedulous by nature to indict wars, hitherto the only argument heroic deemed, chief mastery to dissect with long and tedious havoc fabled knights in battles feigned, the better fortitude of patience and heroic martyrdom unsung, or to describe races and games, or tilting furniture, emblazoned shields, impresses quaint, caparisons and steeds, bases and tinsel trappings, gorgeous knights at joust and tournament, then marshalled feasts served up in hall with sewers and seneschals, the skill of artifice or office mean, not that which justly gives heroic name to person or to poem. Me of these nor skilled nor studious, Higher argument remains, sufficient of itself to raise that name, unless an age too late, or cold climate, or years, damp my intended wing depressed. And much they may, if all be mine, not hers who brings it nightly to my ear. The sun was sunk, and after him the star of Hesperus, whose office is to bring twilight upon the earth, short arbiter twixt day and night, and now from end to end night's hemisphere had veiled the horizon round, when Satan, who late fled before the threats of Gabriel, out of Eden, now improved in meditated fraud and malice, bent on man's destruction, maugre what might hap of heavier on himself, fearless returned. By night he fled, and at midnight returned, from compassing the earth, cautious of day, since Uriel, regent of the sun, descried his entrance, and forewarned the cherubim that kept their watch. Thence, full of anguish driven, the space of seven continued nights he rode with darkness. Thrice the equinoctial line he circled. Four times crossed the car of night from pole to pole, traversing each couleur. On the eighth returned, and on the coast, averse from entrance or cherubic watch, by stealth found unsuspected way. There was a place, now not, though sin not time first wrought the change, where Tigris at the foot of paradise into a gulf shot underground, 
till part rose up a fountain by the tree of life. In with the river sunk, and with it rose Satan involved in rising mist, then sought where to lie hid. See he had searched and land from Eden over Pontus, and the pool Maeotis up beyond the river Ob, downward as far Antarctic, and in length west from Orontes to the ocean barred at Darien. Thence to the land where flows Ganges and Indus, thus the orb he roamed with narrow search, and with inspection deep considered every creature, which of all most opportune might serve his wiles, and found the serpent subtlest beast of all the field. Him, after long debate, irresolute of thoughts revolved, his final sentence chose fit vessel, fittest imp of fraud, in whom to enter, and his dark suggestions hide from sharpest sight. For in the wily snake, whatever slights, none would suspicious mark, as from his wit and native subtlety proceeding, which in other beasts observed, doubt might beget of diabolic power active within beyond the sense of brute. Thus he resolved, but first from inward grief his bursting passion into plaints thus poured. O earth, how like to heaven, if not preferred more justly, seat worthier of gods, as built with second thoughts, reforming what was old. For what god after better worse would build? Terrestrial heaven, danced round by other heavens that shine, yet bear their bright officious lamps, light above light, for thee alone, as seems, in thee concentering all their precious beams of sacred influence. As god in heaven is center, yet extends to all, so thou, centering, receivest from all these orbs, in thee, not in themselves, all their known virtue appears productive in herb, plant, and nobler birth of creatures animate with gradual life of growth, sense, reason, all summed up in man. With what delight could I have walked thee round, if I could joy in aught, sweet interchange of hill and valley, rivers, woods, and plains, now land, now sea, and shores with forest crowned rocks, dens, and caves. But I in none of these find place or refuge, and the more I see pleasures about me, so much more I feel torment within me, as from the hateful siege of contraries. All good to me becomes bane, and in heaven much worse would be my state. But neither here seek I, no nor in heaven to dwell, unless by mastering heaven's supreme, nor hope to be myself less miserable by what I seek, but others to make such as I, though thereby worse to me redound, for only in destroying I find ease to my relentless thoughts, and him destroyed, or one to what may work his utter loss, for whom all this was made, all this will soon follow, as to him linked in weal or woe, in woe, then, that destruction wide may range. To me shall be the glory soul among the infernal powers, in one day to have marred what he almighty styled six nights and days continued making, and who knows how long before had been contriving, though perhaps not longer than since I in one night freed from servitude in glorious well-nigh half the angelic name, and thinner left the throng of his adorers, he to be avenged, and to repair his numbers thus impaired, whether such virtue spent of old now failed more angels to create, if they at least are his created, or to spite us more determined to advance into our room a creature formed of earth, 
and him endow, exalted from so base original with heavenly spoils, our spoils. What he decreed he effected, man he made, and for him built magnificent this world, and earth his seat. Him Lord pronounced, and, oh, indignity, subjected to his service angel wings, and flaming ministers to watch and tend their earthly charge. Of these the vigilance I dread, and to elude, thus wrapped in mist of midnight vapor, glide obscure, and pry in every bush and brake, where hap may find the serpent sleeping, in whose mazy folds to hide me and the dark intent I bring. O foul descent, that I, who erst contended with gods to sit the highest, am now constrained into a beast, and mixed with bestial slime, this essence to incarnate and imbrute, that to the height of deity aspired. But what will not ambition and revenge descend to? Who aspires must down as low as high he soared, obnoxious first or last to basest things. Revenge, at first though sweet, bitter ere long, back on itself recoils. Let it! I reck not, so it light well aimed. Since higher I fall short, on him who next provokes my envy, this new favorite of heaven, this man of clay, son of despite, who must the more to spite his maker raised from dust, spite then with spite is best repaid. So saying, through each thicket dank or dry, like a black mist low creeping, he held on his midnight search, where soonest he might find the serpent. Him fast sleeping, soon he found in labyrinth of many a round self-rolled, his head the midst, well stored with subtle wiles. Not yet in horrid shade or dismal den, nor nocent yet, but on the grassy herb, fearless unfeared, he slept. In at his mouth the devil entered, and his brutal sense, in heart or head, possessing soon inspired with act intelligential, but his sleep disturbed not, waiting close the approach of morn. Now when as sacred light began to dawn in Eden on the humid flowers that breathed their morning incense, when all things that breathe from the earth's great altar send up silent praise to the Creator, and his nostrils fill with grateful smell, forth came the human pair and joined their vocal worship to the choir of creatures' wanting voice. That done, partake the season, prime for sweetest scents and airs. Then commune how that day they best may ply their growing work, for much their work outgrew the hand's dispatch of two gardening so wide, and Eve first to her husband thus began. Adam, well may we labor still to dress this garden, still to tend plant, herb, and flower, our pleasant task enjoined. But till more hands aid us, the work under our labor grows, luxurious by restraint. What we by day lop overgrown, or prune, or prop, or bind, one night or two with wanton growth derides tending to wild. Thou therefore now advise, or hear what to my mind first thoughts present. Let us divide our labors. Thou where choice leads thee, or where most needs, whether to wind the woodbine round this arbor, or direct the clasping ivy where to climb, while I, in yonder spring of roses intermixed with myrtle, find what to redress till noon. For while so near each other thus all day our task we choose, what wonder, if so near, looks intervene and smiles, or object new casual discourse draw on, which intermits our day's work brought to little, though begun early, and the hour of supper comes unearned. To whom mild answer Adam thus returned, Soul Eve, associate soul, 
to me beyond compare, above all living creatures dear. Well hast thou motioned, well thy thoughts employed, how we might best fulfill the work which here God hath assigned us, nor of me shalt pass unpraised. For nothing lovelier can be found in woman than to study household good, and good works in her husband to promote. Yet not so strictly hath our Lord imposed labor, as to debar us when we need refreshment, whether food or talk between, food of the mind, or this sweet intercourse of looks and smiles, for smiles from reason flow, to brute denied, and are of love the food, love not the lowest end of human life. For not to irksome toil, but to delight he made us, and delight to reason joined. These paths and bowers doubt not, but our joint hands will keep from wilderness with ease, as wide as we need walk, till younger hands ere long assist us. But if much converse, perhaps thee satiate, to short absence I could yield. For solitude sometimes is best society, and short retirement urges sweet return. But other doubt possesses me, lest harm befall thee severed from me, for thou knowest what hath been warned us, what malicious foe, envying our happiness, and of his own despairing, seeks to work us woe and shame by sly assault. And somewhere nigh at hand watches, no doubt, with greedy hope to find his wish and best advantage, us asunder, hopeless to circumvent us joined, where each to other speedy aid might lend at need, whether his first design be to withdraw our fealty from God, or to disturb conjugal love, than which perhaps no bliss enjoyed by us excites his envy more. Or this, or worse, leave not the faithful side that gave thee being, still shades thee and protects. The wife, where danger or dishonor lurks, safest and seemliest by her husband stays, who guards her, or with her the worst endures. To whom the virgin majesty of Eve, as one who loves, and some unkindness meets, with sweet austere composure, thus replied, Offspring of heaven and earth, and all earth's lord, that such an enemy we have, who seeks our ruin, both by thee informed, I learn, and from the parting angel overheard, as in a shady nook I stood behind, just then returned at shut of evening flowers. But that thou shouldst my firmness therefore doubt to God, or thee, because we have a foe may tempt it, I expected not to hear. His violence thou fearest not, being such as we, not capable of death or pain, can either not receive, or can repel. His fraud is then thy fear, which plain infers thy equal fear that my firm faith and love can by his fraud be shaken or seduced. Thoughts which how found they harbor in thy breast, Adam, misthought of her to thee so dear. To whom with healing words Adam replied, Daughter of God and man, immortal Eve, for such thou art, from sin and blame entire. Not diffident of thee do I dissuade thy absence from my sight, but to avoid the attempt itself intended by our foe. For he who tempts, though in vain, at least asperses the tempted with dishonor foul, supposed not incorruptible of faith, not proof against temptation. Thou thyself with scorn and anger wouldst resent the offered wrong, though ineffectual found. Misdeem not, then, if such affront I labor to avert from thee alone, which on us both at once the enemy, though bold, will hardly dare, or daring, first on me the assault shall light. Nor thou his malice and false guile contemn. Subtle he needs must be, who could seduce angels, nor think superfluous others' aid. 
I from the influence of thy looks receive access in every virtue, in thy sight more wise, more watchful, stronger, if need were, of outward strength, while shame, thou looking on, shame to be overcome or overreached, would utmost vigor raise, and raised unite. Why shouldst not thou, like sense, within thee feel when I am present, and thy trial choose with me, best witness of thy virtue tried? So spake domestic Adam in his care and matrimonial love. But Eve, who thought less, attributed to her faith sincere, thus her reply with accent sweet renewed. If this be our condition, thus to dwell in narrow circuit straightened by a foe, subtle or violent, we not endued single with like defense, wherever met, how are we happy, still in fear of harm? But harm precedes not sin, only our foe, attempting, affronts us with his foul esteem of our integrity. His foul esteem sticks no dishonor on our front, but turns foul on himself. Then wherefore shunned or feared by us, who rather double honor gain from his surmise proved false, find peace within, favor from heaven, our witness from the event? And what is faith, love, virtue, unassayed alone, without exterior help sustained, let us not then suspect our happy state left so imperfect by the Maker wise, as not secure to single or combined. Frail is our happiness if this be so, and Eden were no Eden thus exposed. To whom thus Adam fervently replied, O woman, best are all things as the will of God ordained them. His creating hand, nothing imperfect or deficient left of all that he created, much less man or aught that might his happy state secure, secure from outward force. Within himself the danger lies, yet lies within his power. Against his will he can receive no harm. But God left free the will, for what obeys reason is free, and reason he made right, but bid her well beware, and still erect, lest by some fair appearing good surprised she dictate false and misinform the will to do what God expressly hath forbid. Not then mistrust, but tender love enjoins that I should mind thee oft, and mind thou me. Firm we subsist, yet possible to swerve, since reason not impossibly may meet some specious object by the foe suborned, and fall into deception unaware, not keeping strictest watch as she was warned. Seek not temptation, then, which to avoid were better, and most likely, if from me thou sever not, trial will come unsought. Wouldst thou approve thy constancy, approve first thy obedience. The other who can know, not seeing the attempted, who attest? But if thou think, trial unsought may find us both securer than thus warned thou seemst, go, for thy stay not free absents thee more. Go in thy native innocence, rely on what thou hast of virtue, Summon all, for God towards thee hath done his part. Do thine. So spake the patriarch of mankind, but Eve persisted, yet submiss, though last, replied, With thy permission, then, and thus forewarned, chiefly by what thy own last reasoning words touched only, that our trial, when least sought, may find us both perhaps far less prepared, the willinger I go, nor much expect a foe so proud will first the weaker seek, so bent the more shall shame him his repulse. Thus saying, from her husband's hand her hand soft she withdrew, and like a wood-nymph light, 
Oread or Dryad, or of Delia's train, betook her to the groves. But Delia's self in gait surpassed, and goddess-like deport, though not as she with bow and quiver armed, but with such gardening tools as art yet rude, guiltless of fire, had formed, or angels brought. To Pallies or Pomona, thus adorned likely as she seemed, Pomona when she fled Vertumnus, or to Ceres in her prime, yet virgin of Proserpina from Jove. Her long with ardent look his eye pursued delighted, but desiring more her stay. Oft he to her his charge of quick return repeated, she to him as oft engaged to be returned by noon amid the bower, and all things in best order to invite noontide repast, or afternoon's repose. O much deceived, much failing, hapless eve of thy presumed return! Event perverse! Thou never from that hour in paradise found'st either sweet repast or sound repose. Such ambush, hid among sweet flowers and shades, waited with hellish rancor imminent to intercept thy way, or send thee back despoiled of innocence, of faith, of bliss. For now, and since the break of dawn, the fiend mere serpent in appearance, forth was come and on his quest, where likeliest he might find the only two of mankind, but in them the whole included race, his purposed prey. In bower and field he sought, where any tuft of grove or garden plot more pleasant lay, their tendance or plantation for delight, by fountain or by shady rivulet he sought them both, but wished his hap might find Eve separate, he wished, but not with hope of what so seldom chanced, when to his wish, beyond his hope, Eve separate he spies, veiled in a cloud of fragrance, where she stood half-spied, so thick the roses bushing round about her glowed, oft stooping to support each flower of slender stalk, whose head, though gay carnation, purple, azure, or specked with gold, hung drooping unsustained. Them she upstays gently with myrtle band, mindless the while herself, though fairest unsupported flower, from her best prop so far, and storm so nigh. Nearer he drew, and many a walk traversed of stateliest covert, cedar, pine, or palm, then voluble and bold, now hid, now seen among thick-woven arborets and flowers embordered on each bank, the hand of Eve, spot more delicious than those gardens feigned or of revived Adonis, or renowned Alcinus, host of old Laertes' son, or that not mystic, where the sapient king held dalliance with his fair Egyptian spouse, much he the place admired, the person more, as one who long in populous city pent, where houses thick and sewers annoy the air, forth issuing on a summer's morn to breathe among the pleasant villages and farms adjoined. From each thing met conceives delight, the smell of grain, or tedded grass, or kine, or dairy, each rural sight, each rural sound. If chance with nymph-like step fair virgin pass, what pleasing seemed, for her now pleases more, she most, and in her look sums all delight. Such pleasure took the serpent to behold this flowery plat, the sweet recess of Eve thus early, thus alone, her heavenly form angelic, but more soft and feminine, her graceful innocence, her every air of gesture or least action overawed his malice and with rapine sweet bereaved his fierceness of the fierce intent it brought. That space the evil one abstracted stood from his own evil, 
and for the time remained stupidly good, of enmity disarmed, of guile, of hate, of envy, of revenge. But the hot hell that always in him burns, though in mid-heaven, soon ended his delight, and tortures him now more, the more he sees of pleasure not for him ordained. Then soon fierce hate he recollects, and all his thoughts of mischief, gratulating, thus excites. Thoughts, whither have ye led me? With what sweet compulsion thus transported to forget what hither brought us? Hate, not love, nor hope of paradise for hell, hope here to taste of pleasure, but all pleasure to destroy, save what is in destroying. Other joy to me is lost. Then let me not let pass occasion which now smiles. Behold alone the woman, opportune to all attempts. Her husband, for I view far around, not nigh, whose higher intellectual more I shun, and strength of courage haughty, and of limb heroic built, though of terrestrial mould, foe not informidable, exempt from wound, I not. So much hath hell debased, and pain enfeebled me, to what I was in heaven. She fair, divinely fair, fit love for gods, not terrible, though terror be in love and beauty, not approached by stronger hate, hate stronger, under show of love well feigned, the way which to her ruin now I tend. So spake the enemy of mankind, enclosed in serpent, inmate bad, and toward Eve addressed his way, not with indented wave prone on the ground as since, but on his rear circular base of rising folds that towered fold above fold a surging maze, his head crested aloft, and carbuncle his eyes, with burnished neck of verdant gold, erect amidst his circling spires, that on the grass floated redundant. Pleasing was his shape, and lovely, never since of serpent kind lovelier, not those that in Illyria changed Hermione and Cadmus, or the god in Epidaurus, nor to which transformed Ammonian Jove or Capitoline was seen, he with Olympias, this with her who bore Scipio the height of Rome, with tract oblique at first, as one who sought access, but feared to interrupt, sidelong he works his way. End of Book 8, Part 1